Light Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the best-selling book, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And if you don't already have my Light Warrior Empowerment Package, which is an absolutely free gift, you can go to lightwarriorsupport.com. Today with me is Bree Stedman, and I'm so excited because I met Bree in person in Fiji not that long ago. She is one of uh, these awesome mentors that I have uh, with the Wellness Leadership Academy, and uh, she is a female head talk expert, and she is passionate about helping women stop the negative self-talk that discourages and sabotages their lives and their life experience so they can gain more emotional control. Now, um, What's really neat is I felt a real resonance with Brie because a lot, I, I like that energy, that drive, I have that too. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, another gal like me, you know, it was really cool. And we got to do this um, this love exercise uh, together in this group, and it was just so beautiful. So I was just so much great, you know, gratitude to having met Brie in person, and uh, she is really cool, so check this out. So for the last 13-plus years, uh, Brie has worked with women in a leadership, mentoring, transformation, and educational role. Like, she's seen the struggle that us women go through when it comes to creating the life of our dreams, um, regardless what, you know, our skills are, experience are, whether we're moms, whether we're not moms. And there's, like, a common denominator that affects the results, like what we you know, what we do to ourselves sometimes. <laughs> and I remember, you know, just the other day when I was posting about this radio show, uh, somebody commented, one of my light warriors commented, she's, and she said, I need that. You know, like she recognized, thanks, good for her, that, you know, there was some negative self-talk. There was some sabotaging or self-sabotaging that's going on. And so what I love about Brie and her no BS brand or own your BS brand, I should say, is the no-nonsense approach to like inspire, educate, and empower us women. So let me just give you her website, and we'll, we'll say this later too in case folks come on the call a little later. So it's www.breestedman.com, all one word, B-R-E-E-S-T-E-D-M-A-N.com, and also www.ownyourbs.com. So that's own, O-W-N, your, Y-O-U-R-B-S, all one word, .com. And she has a really uh, cool book as well. You can check that out on in Amazon. Uh, and we'll have, uh, it's called Own Your BS, of course, and uh, we'll have Bree talk a little bit about that in a little bit. So welcome, Bree. Good morning. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I know it. I thank you so much for being on this call. I think it's what, 2 a.m. there or something in Australia? <laughs> oh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you are awesome. So I have the sexy, husky, mummy voice on. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. Well, maybe we shouldn't speak too loudly. So do you have, uh, how old are your kids, by the way? Uh, they're 11 and almost 9. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, we appreciate you being on the on the show today. Um, I, and I just wanted to let our listeners know that in case you want to ask Bree a question live on the call, this is a live show. So you can call in. The number is 818-514-1190. Just hit 1 so we know your hand's up. Again, it's 818-514-1190. And then if you want to ask Brie a question on the chat, you can feel free to do that as well. I just opened that up, and I'll you know, kind of co-host and, and uh, you know, manage the chat as well. So, so Brie, tell us first of all, like how did you get into this line of mentoring, coaching work anyway to begin with? Yeah, so it started for me um, really in 2012 and there's sort of two avenues that directed the decision that I made to start, you know, working with women in their head talk. 
um, one, my, my own personal experience, and second, from the mentor and leadership role that I was in. So in the lead-up to 2012, I was quite a successful leader in a direct sales company, a multinational oh. company, um, and I was, you know, very successful. I earned the free car and I did the free trips and the diamond ring. Wow. All of the things that sort of represented success within the company I managed to achieve. And I remember there was one specific um, episode where I was at our annual awards night being recognised as an up-and-coming leader and standing on stage all decked out with my sparkly gown and looking around <laughs> me and the only thoughts that I had in my head were, you don't deserve this. They're all going to see that you're a fraud, you know, you're fake, you don't know what you're doing, you know, sooner, sooner or later someone's going to catch you out because I sort of felt like I was walking the walk, but I didn't believe that I was capable or really worthy mm. of doing it. So I, I very much sort of fell in that trap of faking it till you make it and, you know, just putting on the, the, the smile as if I had my, mm-hmm. my BS together, but I was really, really quite struggling. So that was sort of one approach. Um, now, Simultaneous to this happening, I my my kids at the time were only four and two, and what was really driving a lot of this negative self-talk was the way that I was behaving towards my kids, in particular my four-year-old son. So, um, in you know, without sort of mincing my words, I was a angry, violent, aggressive, and abusive mum. So all of that was hidden behind you know, the perfect professional smile and the perfect professional makeup face and, you know, going out there and doing my job really well, but hiding behind it, you know, a really, really distraught, angry, out-of-control mum. So um, that was the sort of the most significant catalyst to me changing direction. But the second to that was, of course, I was mentoring and, and leading and training women and I knew firsthand I could give women all of the skills under the world. I could give them the scripts. I could tell them what to say to people to build a business. But the one thing that kept determining whether or not my, you know, my team would succeed was not what I taught them, but what they felt and thought of themselves. So mm. my own negative head talk and the head talk that I could see my team was suffering from, that was really what inspired me to start from looking at it and thinking, well, you know, the difference between whether or not we succeed in life is not our capabilities and our skills, but what goes on in between our two ears. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much for being so, you know, vulnerable, open. And that's what I love about you. You know, <laughs> own your BS. Um, share about, you know, about, you know, not just your experience in the corporate world, but um, in the business world, but also at home. And I know that um, isn't it, it's amazing how when things hit home, um, we can sometimes have that realization that something needs to change. So thank goodness you have two children. And thank goodness, you know, when that little one was four um, that it kind of came into your awareness, okay, something needs to change. So that is awesome yeah. and very inspiring, really, Brie, really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, for women, it, it, and, and this is what I was identifying, you know, if, if there's one area of life that you're really struggling in, um, women don't have the ability com- to compartmentalise. You know, we, we can't leave work at work and we can't leave home at home. So if, if the home ground is not, running in alignment with ease and flow, then work's not going to do the same thing. There's always going to be that sort of disconnect. And that disconnect, you know, just grows and grows and grows until your whole world sort of implodes in on itself. And that's what happened to me. Oh, that's interesting. Is that like a like a, like a brain woman thing versus a male woman, the male mm. thing? Because I notice with men that they can compartment 
compartmentalize certain things really well. Like they can totally like be pissed off at something, but then be fabulously amazing at work, you know. Yeah. But you're right. Us women tend to, it's just like an overall vibe through our whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. Every, wow. Yeah. And it, it does. It comes down to um, you know, the differences between the way that male and female brains process and, and see everything. Men have um, more white matter in the brain. Women have more grey matter. So grey matter means we multitask. We connect everything to everything, which is why, you know, if, if things at home aren't going well and you're feeling guilt or overwhelmed or stressed out at home, you're going to drag those emotions into then what happens at work. Even if you consciously try and push it to the side, you're going to have that unconscious sort of undercurrent of emotions bubbling under the surface. Oh, I see, I see. Wow, wow. So it's uh, we can very clear if we open ourselves to being. Um, sometimes we can pretend, and I know I mean when you were talking earlier about you know being on stage and then just not thinking great things about yourself, I totally resonated with that. I mean, I did a lot of that. Like I thought one of these days someone's going to find out <laughs> that I'm full of shit. You know, like that I don't know what I'm yeah. talking about. That I'm not really that great, and you know, um, and little inklings of that sometimes comes up but certainly not like it did before uh, because obviously you know me dealing with my own BS um, has been ongoing for the last 20 years Mm. Uh, but uh, that is amazing how common that is just amazing oh yeah yeah we all do it very what's the there's a saying um, you know all 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 women sort of are going through not all even women most people are struggling to some degree and they've got some challenge going on it's just how well you mask it. And for me, I had the the best mask. You know, always mm. if you saw me out in public, the smile was there and I was saying all the right things and I was doing all of the right things and showing up the way that I was expected to show up. But there was a very strong disconnect between that sort of physical facade that was presented to the external world and what was going on inside of me. Wow. Yeah. Well, um, maybe they call us really good actors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like a skill. It's like a skill. Um, yeah, and it's funny because sometimes I challenge myself to, like, be really vulnerable these days, which was totally not comfortable before. I like to tell people I made mistakes and tell people, you know, if, if relevant to whatever I'm teaching, you know, it that I did this wrong or, you know, this didn't work out the way I wanted it to and this is what I learned from it. Uh, but before that, oh, there's no way I would ever share no. that with people. I just felt too vulnerable. I know, isn't it funny? Felt... Mm-hmm. I think it's um, the, the vulnerability or the the lack of being able to feel vulnerable is often hidden behind, you know, feeling shame or guilty or not good enough. Like that was often what kept my my mouth quiet. Is you know I couldn't mm. express what I was struggling with because I was either ashamed or I was scared of what other people would think of me. So that opinion that other people had was almost more important than the comfortability that I had within me. But the stupid thing was, as soon as I actually, you know, started to recognise what my BS was and I started to open up and share with it with more and more, you know, at first with my team members and then with people, you know, like family and friends, the more people I started to talk to, the more often I would hear, that is me as well, I'm I'm having the same problems, what do I do? And that's ultimately what made me change direction from the direct sales to where I am now because the question was always, yes, that's me, 
how do I fix that? What do I do with that? And, you know, I, I think we've, we've really got to shift away from just staying stuck in this is my struggle and this is what I'm challenged with and turn the direction to, okay, yes, there's a struggle, but how do we get ourselves out of that space so that we can redefine the story? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, on the outside, uh, I mean, you know, some people that are listening might say, well, gee, you know, you had like all this money and, and success and, and if, I, if only I had that, I would be happy and grateful and, you know, but the thing is, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not really true. Yeah, so you had all that outer world success, but not, you know, you weren't happy, you weren't happy with your home life and, and so you literally, you know, released all that quote-unquote success you already knew how to make to completely start on a different direction, which had no guarantee of success at all. So that's courage right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think it just got to a point. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't pretend anymore. I, like, I, I couldn't stay in a space that demanded less than my best. And... Um, I was I was too comfortable in in that role that I was in because I achieved the you know the, the monetary success and the materialistic stuff which really wasn't success to me anyway. Um, it, it never filled me up. That's the thing. You know, these, these levels of success that we hold as the the marking points or, or the the goalposts of yep, yeah, well I've hit this much around this X, I must be successful. Therefore, I'm now happy. It doesn't work. You, you get to that level and there's still a hole inside of you because the head talk and the way you feel about yourself cannot be filled with anything outside of you. Right, right. Oh, my gosh. I know I probably maybe 20 years ago wouldn't have wanted to believe you because <laughs> I would have wanted to <laughs> prove, like, okay, get, give me the money now and I'll show you. I'll be happy. But uh, I know deep down inside that, that really – that really doesn't work. Um, so, so when you, you know, when you've examined this for yourself and others, like, what are the most, in your opinion, what are the most common kind of head talk stuff that us women, um, specifically, kind of go through? Like, what do we say to each other I or can't, ourselves? I should say. Yeah, so things like I can't do it. Um, what will people think? I'm not good enough. What, what if I fail? Like, what if I, I try this and then I fail and then everything falls apart? What am I going to do? How am I going to explain myself? Um, how, what, even on the flip side of that, what if I succeed? Like, what if I actually do do a really good job? What are people going to want from me? Am I going to be able to live up to their expectations? Um, mm. You know, they're, they're all very common sort of scenarios that we play out in you know, some way or another. And then it comes down to, um, okay, so based on, often it's connected to what we think someone else expects from us, what we think someone else wants from us. We then sort of um, would compare ourselves to that expectation, which is such this invisible, out of reach, like thing that we've created that's not even real. Every, you know, we sort of measure our success, we measure our day based on what we think someone else wants from us rather than coming back to, well, what makes me happy? What do I want to do in this moment right now that's going to bring me some level of, you know, it doesn't even need to be success. It could be contentment or joy or dissatisfaction that I'm okay right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I, I know for me and I think women, uh, a lot of women, um, 
when, uh, you know, I would have success or even in my case, just like peace or time or something like that, then some of my head talk was more like, oh, well, people know that I'm relaxing. They're going to want more from me. They're going to, if I'm successful, they're going to want more from me. And my problem was I couldn't say no. So yeah. I felt yeah. totally all, all overwhelmed. Other, you, know, you sit down on the lounge. Yeah, yeah. And and that's, you know, the, the other line. Of, so if you follow that line of head talk, if you sit down on the lounge, you've done all of your work today, you've, you know, you've, you've ticked all your boxes, you've done your tasks, however many that looks like for you, you sit down on the lounge to have a cup of tea and then I should get up and do this or I should get up and make those yeah. phone calls or, you know, I'm lazy. If I sit down here, someone's going to think that I'm lazy again. No one can yep. actually see inside of your home, but if someone sees me, they'll think that I'm lazy. <laughs> so I should get up to do X, Y, Z because that would be a more efficient time of my, you know, use of my time rather than sitting here on the lounge right here. Yeah, so true. And I, I burnt myself out. I don't know whether you uh, remember, Karen. Yeah. I, I, I don't know whether you remember in um, in CD when we were doing one of the exercises and the thing that came up for me. So, you know, and this is why my brand is called Only BS because the head talk that we have is always there. And owning it is about recognizing that it's there and then either choosing to hold it as a truth or reject it and let it go and replace it with a new truth. And I remember there was one specific exercise we did in Fiji where, um, you know, the, the sticks where we had to rearrange the sticks to come up with a different pattern. Oh, yeah, the stick exercise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so for everyone listening, you know, we had so many matchsticks like laid out in a certain pattern and we had to remove a certain number of matchsticks to turn it from, you know, five squares into three or something along those lines. And me, in my head, I looked around at everyone and I was like, okay, Tim, we've got this, this time's about to go. We've got to get this done as quickly as possible. And the girl to the right of me did it really, really quickly. So I glanced over, looked at what she did, replicated it, stood up and went, thank God I've done that so quickly. And then my head talk was like, you're such a cheat. You didn't even give it a go. You're so lazy. This is not success. And that's the same sort of thing as that whole, um, as, you know, what you were saying is that success can't be easy and, you know, in order to be successful, you really have to work nine to five, five days a week. You know, again, working towards someone else's definition of success. Mm. And then if we hit it, it's still not enough because it's not actually filling us up. So paying attention to that sort of inner dialogue and identifying when it's not serving you, like mine at that time was, you know, it's cheating if it's easy. Um, and then one of the other masters in the group, he, he sort of stood up and a bloke, so a guy, again, a guy has a different perspective from it. He was like, no, that's not that's not cheating. That's just resourcefulness. And I was like, man, I like your definition so much better than my negative, self-depreciating kind of rah, 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 you're not good enough head talk that was happening. It's a really fascinating experience when you start to listen to what's going on and explore it. Wow. <laughs> I remember that now. That's so funny. Yeah, that's right. This other person was like, oh, that's resourcefulness. And yeah, it's like a total shift in perception because I would have, honestly, I would have felt exactly what you felt. Like literally, I, I was like, don't look at other people's stuff. Don't look at other people's stuff. You got to do this yourself, Karen. Don't cheat. Don't cheat. You know, yeah. you, you know, this is, and it's so funny. Like, <laughs> Thank goodness you were honest about what you experienced, so then yes. I could be like, "Oh, phew, that's what I was feeling too." You know? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. And isn't that the point? You know, sharing what, and, and this is, I think, why I'm so 
um, candid with, with, you know, what goes on in my life because I, I, you hear it. The moment that you actually say, well, this is what I'm struggling with or this is what my negative experience was, there's always someone within, you know, three feet of you who is going through the exact same thing but doesn't have the, the awareness to be able to see it or say it the way that you do. And by you owning it and announcing it and claiming it, you then empower other people to do the same thing. So you become this ripple effect of change. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, but it, I, I think it initially it can be scary. I know it was really scary for me to, to be that, you know, transparent. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Now it's more regular, but yeah, yeah. But it's, how freeing is that? Because I don't have to pretend to be somebody I'm not or to pretend to be perfect. Yeah. And, in fact, one of my patients one time, this was many years ago, said to me, uh, she says, well, I said something about getting angry, and when I get angry, I do X, Y, Z, and this is how I manage it. And she looked at me with these big eyes, and she said, you get angry? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. She goes, I don't think I got angry, angry ever. And I'm thinking, oh, no, this person's put me on this pedestal. Oh, no, how do I backpedal out of this one, you know? And that was really all that. Never forget that because I realized, wow, they're – my patients were like, well, I can't be like you because you're special and I can't do that, so I'm just not even going to try, you know? Um, yep. But now I'm like, yep. okay, I made a mistake. Oh, sorry about that, you know, and just, you know, be more human. And then everyone seems to relax more. <laughs> yes. That, yeah. that oh, that's... is exactly why I'm so passionate about women just letting go of the facade. And it does. It takes mm. courage and it's not it's, – it's, it's not easy. It's um, confronting for you. I, I know, you know, one of the, the most pivotal moments in my head talk sort of history, if you want to call it that. Um, so back in 2012, when I started to sort of really connect the dots about, you know, the internal and the external world in terms of thoughts, and I, I started to analyse what was going on in my head. So when I would have a, an episode where I'd be out of control, I'd grab my journal and I'd start writing down exactly what was going on in my head at that moment. And, you know, the thoughts were not nice to see on black and white paper. It was so confronting to see, you know, the the BS that was going on in my head. But when I looked back at it, it was like, well, is there any wonder why you're struggling when you're thinking these kind of things on a regular basis? And the one thing that came up that was the absolute life changer for me so as, as I kept sort of exploring my head talk, and this happened over a, a period of time, so for anyone listening, I'd, you know, please don't think that you're going to be able to start analysing your head talk today and get to the crux of your issues in one sitting and be able to change your entire world. Often it takes, it's a journey like everything. Um, but for me, as I was sort of working through my head talk, there's one sentence that came up that was like a punch to the gut was, I hate being a mum. Now, those you know, four or five words, whatever they are, felt so unnatural to say because my husband and I, it took us three years to conceive our eldest. We had, you know, IVF treatments. We were told we'd never conceive naturally. So then to wow. conceive, have a baby three years later, then, then see my truth as being, I hate being a mum. Like it was filled with every emotion under the sun. But the reality of seeing those words written on that piece of paper was changing because at that moment I was like, right, if that is what you truly believe, then you can either hang on to that truth for the next 15, 20 years while you raise these kids or you can do something to change it. So what are you going to do? And it was that moment that I 
I, I made that decision to do what I had to do to clear the negative charges connected to those stories because they were not going to serve, you know, that life journey that I had mapped out with my kids. So it, it, the, the reason that I share that story is because you, you have to be... You have to be honest enough with yourself to listen to what you're really saying so that you can make the decision to, to do something different because nothing is going to change until we firstly become aware of what is going on in our heads. Then we change the action of what those words are creating so we can then align our future actions with what's important to us. And that's ultimately the nature of ODBS. Become aware, act, and then align. Whoa, that's really amazing because I, I'm not that, you know, long ago was talking to some um, moms and uh, one in particular was feeling really guilty and crying because mm-hmm. she was admitting that she didn't want to be around her son when he was having his issue. You know, she would get anxious, she would yeah. get upset, she just didn't want to be around him and she felt so horribly guilty how could a mom even think those things? You know what I mean? Like, how mm-hmm. could I even think that I don't want to be around my child? You know? And yeah. uh, I think that was really important what you just said, that there are times where, yeah, we need to actually be aware that that's what we're really thinking <laughs> you know, in that moment. Yeah, we, um, and, and we need to own it. You know, it's not just a matter of, of going, oh, there's that, there's that little thought again. That didn't feel very good. It's actually going, whoa, okay, there's that thought again. What are we going to do about it? Because, yeah. and, and this is, again, linking it back to the female brain, which is ultimately um, the point of difference that, you know, that I, I try and sort of come out with. Every, every single time a woman has a thought, whether it's a, a heard thought in her own head or whether it's a story that she says to, you know, a friend or a colleague or a counsellor or a therapist or someone that she trusts, every single time she speaks or thinks that thought, she is strengthening whatever emotional connection is tied to that story. So in the instance of, you know, your client who was feeling the mama guilt, every single time she goes down that, that thought path of, I can't stand being with my child when they're like this, you know, how could I feel this way? What am I going to do about it to make it different? I don't know what to do. Who do I go to talk to? You know, I can't actually admit it because there's so much shame around that. That just makes me even guiltier. Every time she goes down that line of thinking, she's strengthening all of those emotions, the guilt, the shame, the resentment, the anger. And unconsciously what then happens is the brain goes, oops, she's on that bandwagon again. She's feeling um, shame and guilt and resentment and anger. Let's remind her of all of the reasons why she has the right to feel those and that charges the emotion so it becomes even stronger again. So it becomes this loop oh, scary. Just thinking and feeling and thinking and feeling. It gets worse and worse and worse. Yeah, and then our emotions wow. or our behavior then escalates and gets out of control. And that's when things like stress or anxiety or postnatal depression or, you know, all of those um, diagnoses then come out really strong because they've been charged by this myriad of story that is strengthening the emotions. So for women, if we were to flip the entire thing on its head and go, okay, this is the story you're telling yourself, yes, that's what you believe to be your truth, but what does it make you feel? Let's work with the emotions that underlie the whole lot, neutralise the emotions, then the stories become irrelevant because they no longer have the emotional charge. Then you can start looking at solutions from a different perspective. Ah, I see. So if we, you know, if women start uh, trying to fix it before really owning it, then you're saying that it just mm. doesn't really go away. It just kind of sounds like it festers. 
Well, yeah, and, and a lot of the time we try and fix it by understanding just the story. You know, mm. we, we spend so much time, this is why the head talk comes into it, because we spend so much time just in our head thinking about the problem and thinking about the situations that caused us to feel whatever it was or think whatever it was. We replay those stories over and over again, looking for that white rabbit of, oh, there's the evidence, that's why I'm feeling what, I can, what I'm feeling now, I can let it go. If we just looked at the story and went, okay, I'm in head talk again, what is the head talk? What is it making me feel? Let's work with the emotion first, then we can come back to the story and, and look for solutions in the story. But we can't do it while we're driven emotionally because emotion is not um, rational, it's not logical. Ah, okay. So it sounds like a, a lot of us that are at least some of us are aware of the head talk, but we don't necessarily understand that working at the emotional level is really important first because we can't just change the mind or talk without dealing with the, all those connections, especially with the female brain, with all those emotions. Am I am I yes. getting that right? You are. Yes, exactly. Mm. Whereas a man, um, and this is where you know men being more mask, um, more logical, they've got less emotional connections to their stories. So when a man can sequence out a series of events, when he can like see the reasoning behind whatever's going on for him in his life, more often than not, and it's not everyone, and that is always that that crossover of, of men who are more emotional and women who are more, more logical, but for the majority of the population, if a man can sequence out the series of events and go, oh, well, that makes perfect sense as to why I feel what I feel because all of this is linked back to this event, once a man makes a logical connection, they go, all right, now I can let it go then, and they move on. Whereas wow. we... We, we just don't have the ability to do that. We keep going around and around in cycle and we keep trying to process the story and the story just makes the emotion worse. It's like having an argument with someone. You know, the, if you think about the last time you had an argument with your husband or had an argument with a, a good girlfriend and two weeks later you're still thinking about that argument and every single time you think about that argument, what happens? You get more revved up, you get angry again or you get hurt or you think, God, if only I'd said this so you start to feel regret. But or, yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if, right. if, you know we, we play that story and then we might say, let, let's say you've had the argument with a girlfriend, then you go to your husband and say, I can't believe such and such did that, you know, I just can't get over it. And he says to you, God, Karen, it happened two weeks ago, just move on. And you're like, but I can't right. just move on. Like, this happened and if only I'd done this instead. So the story is not, it's not helping us at all. It's keeping us trapped in a, a non-serving emotional state. Mm, yeah, that's neat. I did want to ask you a little bit more um, about the, the story because when we were in Fiji, um, they're, they're kind of like definitions of stories. Like on the one hand, you know, um, some people uh, feel like it's really important to share uh, or have someone, you know, to vent or to listen to or that kind of stuff. Like, oh, this happened to me, you know, my cat died, and da, 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 and, you know, I feel X, Y, Z. Um, and then there is the other version of the story, which is what you make of whatever happened. So not the situation, the story in the situation, but the story about what you, you know, interpret from that. Mm. And that sounds like where those emotions can go round and round and round on this carousel. So maybe you can help us with kind of differentiating. What do you mean by story? I actually say both of them is the same. Um, mm. And what I mean by that, so let's say an event has happened to you in your life 
and and again, this this gets this is probably one of the most. It's hard to explain. Like I'll I'll say, um, let's say something happens in my life. Let's say I have a, a challenging morning with the kids. Both of my kids have special needs, um, even now. So they they've both you know got a whole heap of numbers up, letters after their names, ADHD, ADD, ODD, dyspraxic, and you know, all of these diagnoses. And because of their situation, from time to time, we have really bad mornings. So I might do a Facebook Live, for example, and, and talk about how challenging my morning was. And you can almost guarantee that someone will say, Bria, you own your BS by sharing your story with someone. And it's like, oh, I am actually owning my BS because as a human... And this is like even linking back to the story you shared with your patient when she was, you know, shocked that you felt angry. As a human, you're entitled to feel any emotion to any situation. And you're also allowed to talk about it. You're allowed to vent to that particular situation. In fact, it's healthy to vent when something in your life is not maybe serving you momentarily. When it becomes a story is when you vent to one person and then 10 minutes later you go and tell the exact same story to someone else and then you finish that conversation, you go to another person and you tell the exact same story again to a third person or you find another audience to share the same story with again, knowing that every single time you retell the story, you get sucked back into the energy of the original situation and it drags you down. So it goes from Ah. venting just this, you know, let me just get it off my chest. Let me tell you what happened. Let me learn from what happened through me speaking about it to whinging or almost being, you know, um, well, it is it's essentially whinging, you know. It's using a negative story because you know that the person listening to it is going to go, oh, darling, that sucks that you've had such a bad day. Tell me more about it. And then it keeps you stuck in that space of, of retelling negative stories. Does that make sense? That's yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah, I never really thought of that. Yeah. Um, you know, like that that yeah. you know one time share event, whatever, being human, versus the multiple time, multiple audience, recreating you know drama, emotions, and pulling in, uh, um, you know, people feeling sorry for us or whatever over and over again. That's the the part that is unhealthy. That's really yes. helpful. And Thank that's you. the BS because you're actually keeping yourself stuck in a state oh. that's not serving you. Now, we don't do this consciously. So, when, and, and again, this is why my brand, Own Your BS, now includes, you know, the book, the program, the podcast, and all these different avenues because a lot of the time we're not even aware that we're doing it until we're aware we're doing it. <laughs> it's kind of being, you know, it, 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 it's a weird situation and you're not going to get it straight away but all, all of a sudden the penny will drop and you'll go you know like um, money stories are something that we do unconsciously you know you'll, you'll have um, you know I can't afford that or you know money doesn't grow on trees and we, we say these things without even being aware of it and then once you actually start listening for what you're saying and you go, hang on a minute, I'm not telling that story again. I'm not going to go down that I don't have enough story because that's not actually true or that's not serving me. Let's change it. The, the awareness just sort of stops you in your tracks and you go, hang on, I've got a choice now. I can either go back down memory lane and I can talk about the argument or I can talk about my money beliefs or I can talk about the lack or whatever's going on in my life again and know that by doing so I'm just repeating the last time I, I did this storytelling or I can go, nope. I'm stopping that right now. That's no longer a truth for me. Let's redirect the focus. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. Well, you know, I, I think sometimes people, I know for me, um, I always wanted to do things right. <laughs> I wanted to do things yes. right, not wrong, not to make mistakes. And, you know, uh, so I grew up with the if you don't make mistakes, you'll be happy story. Um, and uh, so every time I, you know, do something and if I make a mistake, then, it that you know, there's that little bit of that pull like, hmm, you know, that doesn't feel good. Um, I actually had somebody uh, on a Facebook group. Um, so one of the Facebook groups, she ha- was asking for help. Um, although it's really interesting because uh, she took down the post since then. But, but um, she, you know, on the post was something like, uh, this is wrong in my life, this is wrong in my life, and da-da-da-da-da. So, you know, people were, you know, sending healing, which is often, you know, what my group does. Uh, but other people, one, one particular person who uh, answers very commonly in the group, is very positive, she happened to uh, do, you know, judge this, you know, person that posted. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I've never seen her do that before. Like she said, well, you should do, you know, this and that, and you should, you know, do this and not that, and it's not the, you know, anyway. So, and I thought, well, that's interesting. <laughs> um, and what it was is that the person who posted, it was part of their story that I am not supported and people yes. are going to criticize me. And she literally yes. pulled that in because here's someone that don't, yeah. doesn't normally do that to anybody in the group but happened to do it to her. So yeah. Like, wow. That's amazing how we can attract that yeah. to, to well, reinforce we, we what because, we already think. And that's that. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's the unconscious brain. So when you go back into that story again, your unconscious brain hears that conscious thought or, or hears that story that you're telling again and goes, oops, she's thinking that she needs support or she's unsupported or she's thinking that, you know, um, it's not going to be good enough or she's worrying about what other people think again. Let's prove yep. to her now that that thought and that emotion is true and valid. And so then you get more external representation that supports that underlying belief, which then does what? Then the story starts all over again. Oops, well, there you go. That's just more evidence that I'm not supported because I went out and I reached out for support and then this person came in and judged me, so I'm not supported. So, you know, let's go straight back into that story all over again because there's now external evidence to prove that it is in fact right. Wow. So the best thing you so can we do, you know, let, let's actually switch it now so that when you recognize you're in story, and this is, again, owning your BS is recognizing how often you've got those similar thoughts, how often you go into the stories that are giving you, um, that are, are either making you feel like crap, so that they're pulling you down into that emotional vortex of you yuckiness again, or they're giving you attention, which is keeping you stuck in that space. So attention could be the sympathy or, you know, having someone mm-hmm. try and, and explore the, the story even more for you, which just keeps you stuck in that space again. As you become aware that you've got those habits, and that's all they are, they're just storytelling habits, when you recognize that that's what's going on, you write the stories down or you become aware of them. And I personally prefer the writing them down rather than just thinking and going, oops, there's that story again. Because whenever we're just thinking the story, it's, it's cycling around in our head and it's building strength. It's like a cyclone. Every time it does a rotation, it builds more and more strength. By actually writing that, piece of, that, that thought down on a piece of paper, 
you're taking it out of that emotional setting of the brain and you're putting it down on black and white, which creates this logical step. You're forming words. You're putting black and white together. So your brain is having to get a little bit analytical with that very action of writing. So you write it down on a piece of paper. That's going to create a bit of space between the thought and the actual story because you've already done something with it. Then you look at what's written down on a piece of paper and you go, right, what does those stories make me feel? Let's say you've, let, let's use your example of the perfectionism. You know, if it's not right, it's wrong scenario. Are we allowed to play with that? Sure, absolutely. Okay, so let's say you go back into that, that old habit of, if you know, it has to be right. If it's not right, then it feels yucky. You write down those thoughts. Um, so what are some of those common thoughts that you have in that scenario? Yeah, it was like, um, you know, um, I have to be perfect, uh, otherwise people won't like me. Um, I have to do it right, otherwise I'm a bad person. Um, you know, if I don't do it right, how do I expect, you know, my patients or clients, you know, to do it right and be successful? I have to be, you know, the most successful, you know, <laughs> things like that. Awesome. Um, okay, things so about my parents, you all too. all down on paper? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And no. <laughs> I won't go there because I'll end up down, down a rabbit hole. <laughs> so you put them down on paper and then you look at them. So if you were just to think back on, and again, I know that we're thinking rather than writing, but if you were to reflect on those common stories that you go down, Karen, what does it make you feel? When you think those thoughts, what's the common emotional thread? Definitely fear, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just that that fear of of being um, criticized, fear of being alone. Um, let's see. I know I'm so kinesthetic. I you know, body wise, it feels tight and contracted. Yep. Um, and where in the body does does that occur? I think in the shoulders for me, kind of the chest and shoulders, heart okay. and shoulders area. Yeah, okay. I feel and like I don't want to, to take 10, a full breath. So you constrict it across the shoulders and the chest area, and as an overall umbrella, it's fear, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Terrified, okay. I think. And when the you, <laughs> terrified, ooh, terrified's even better. Okay, so when you think about those thoughts and you feel the terrified that's connected to those thoughts, on a scale of 1 to 10, how strongly can you feel terrified right now when you think about all of those thoughts that, that sort of mound up around that perfectionism? 10 being most intense, 0 being not at all an issue. All right, let me feel it in here. See, I was going back in time, but that's what us empaths do. We can go forwards and backwards in time and feel how we used to feel. So do you want me to feel what I feel right now, like in this? Go back into like story. Or go back into, yeah, so I would so say three. Yeah, don't over-process, don't overthink. That, so that's a three now. How how strong can it get? I mean, that oh, it used really to get, I used to be you. 11. I used to, I mean, I would, you know, I mean, it was really strong before. So I would say like a 10 out of 10, okay. you know, before. Yeah, not not so recently, assume, um, but but you can still. So if you were to think back on ten out of ten, you can still turn on that emotion at that level. 
Um, I'm having a little bit of difficulty <laughs> doing that. Okay, that's um, good. That means we've actually cleared all of it. So is there something else? Let's let's change direction then so that you can actually get um, the, the power of this particular exercise. Is there Ooh, okay. common stories that you talk about now that emotionally charge you quite intensely now? Okay, yeah, that's this is great. And by the way, folks, if you want to call in and get some mini coaching with Bree, this is the time to do it. The number is eight one eight five one four eleven ninety and hit one. Again, eight one eight five one four eleven ninety. And also you can put in a question in the chat as well. So just a little reminder. So um this is what's great about me yeah, you know, for, for, for me doing the radio show because I got all these little, you know, hints and coaching and mentoring <laughs> all for free, you know. <laughs> uh but we're gonna talk about your program in a moment. Uh, Brie and what you have to have to offer but uh, uh, I think the one that's come up for me um, the most often that wants to be healed is this thing about um, supported so um, the story has been that and this is I know this is like reflective of my mom's stories as well is that I have to be the responsible one you know in the family you know, I'm the one that earns the money, you know, most of the money. I have to be the responsible one. I have to be the one that, you know, organizes the whole household. And, you know, um, I'm not, uh, you know, I wish my husband would, you know, um, take more initiative, you know, to do stuff, for, you know, for the house. I mean, he does a lot. But it's like, it's like, yeah, but this isn't done, this isn't done, this isn't done. If I were a house husband, this is what I would do, you know. So I would say that has more charge to it than what, you know, what we just talked about. Perfect. So it's the whole thing about supporting. That line of story, what does that make you feel? Resentful. (laughs) Beautiful. Okay. Now, where in the body do you feel resentful? Let's see. I think like it's a, there's a little bit in the head, but there's some in the like kind of in the solar plexus area. Okay, and on a scale of one to ten, when you think about that story and 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 everything that you were just talking about, how strongly can you feel resentful? Yeah, that one I can bring up more. So I would say like a four to a five. Okay, and is it something that you want to let go of? Absolutely. For sure. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So um, what color is resentful? If you were to close your eyes and see resentful as a color, what color would it be? Mm. I'd say like a gray-black. Like a gray-black, so it's like a dark gray? Yeah. Okay. What I want you to do, or what I invite you to do, is close your eyes. Mm-hmm. And I want you to imagine that there's like a grey-black deflated balloon. You just tell me when you can see that deflated grey-black balloon. Got it. I have it. Okay. Great. What we're going to do in a sec, we're going to, blow, uh, we're going to take three great big breaths together. And on every inhale, I want you to bring the resentment up out of the solar plexus area into your breath and then exhale and blow it into the balloon. And I want you to watch your balloon get bigger and bigger and bigger with each breath. All right, so let's blow three breaths together. So take a big, deep breath in, 
and bring all, all the right. resentful up out of the belly into the breast. And then exhale and blow it all out into the balloon. Watch your balloon start to grow. Good job. So take another big, deep breath and bring all of that resentful up out of the belly area into the breast. And then exhale and blow it out into the balloon. Watch it get bigger again. And now take one more big, deep breath and bring every teeny, tiny, last bit of that resentful out of the body. Bring it up into the breast. And then exhale and blow it all out into the balloon. Okay, now how big is your balloon, Karen? It's freaking big. (laughs) All right. So I want you now to pull out a pin and pop the balloon. Ooh, that's fun. Okay. Okay. So if we've found where resentful lives, we've moved it into a balloon, popped the balloon, where did the resentful go? Did the resentful go? I don't know. And the ether is... (laughs) It's just kind of gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when you think back on the stories that fueled the resentful, either... What can you do about those stories now? Or what are you going to do with those stories? Yeah, the charge really isn't there. In fact, I feel kind of a loving, yummy, you know, rose-colored energy around the story. So it completely reshifts. Yes, it changes the way we see the story. This is... This is the process that I encourage all the listeners to do. So regardless of what's going on in your life, regardless of what you're telling yourself or whether it's an external thing that's causing you to feel an emotion, bottom line truth, everything that you feel, you choose to hang on to. So you can either feel it or you can let it go. And I know there are some situations in life and I can hear people already saying, yeah, but Brie, I have you know, this crap going on in my life and it's not that easy for me. Life sometimes is hard. There's no no two ways around it. And we have some challenges in life at times. Absolutely. However, the way that we choose to hang on to the feelings is always within our control. So we can Mm. say, I, I, I say, and I'm quite brutal and I'm quite honest, but I find that, you know, for the women who are attracted to work with me, they want that. They want that gentle kick up the bum that gets them out of story so that they can regain what I call emotional control. That is, no matter what's going on in your life, you always have a choice to do something different. But you can only find those choices when you're not emotionally connected to the situation. So vent for as long as you need to vent. When you're sick of the situation, identify what it is that you're feeling and then work with the emotion. And that balloon strategy is one of 15 strategies that I teach in Only BS. And it's it's like my favourite. I teach that to everybody. I encourage everyone who's listening to teach it to kids. Um, and this is where I get really, really excited because, you know, I, I, we all know I've got two kids, 8 and 11. They're, they're both at school. They get bullied from time to time. So when things like bullying happens to my kids, when they come home all upset because someone else has said something to make them feel bad, rather than going into that, you know, what we as mums do is we try and fix the situation. You know, we, we try rescue and, them, and right. sort out the external. But, yeah, rescue them. Great work. Thank you. So rather than going into rescue mode first, I do to my kids. I say, darling, that sucks that it happened to you today. Tell me what does it make you feel. 
they then say, I feel sad or I feel alone or I feel whatever it is, awesome. Where do you feel that in the body? Because we want to connect it to the body because every emotion is somewhere different in the body depending on the scenario. So where does that live right now? What colour is it that gives it a representation that the body can work with? Awesome. Let's blow a balloon. Now, whatever the mind sees, the body believes. So by us creating this visual of the, of the, the balloon getting bigger and bigger and more and more full of that emotion and then popping it, the body has no choice but to release. Then you can go back to the story and say, okay, darling, now what do you think we can do about that? That is so cool. I love this. <laughs> wow, that's a great yeah, strategy. It's really and, powerful, um, and it's simple. It's powerful, yeah. And mm. I love it that you teach it to yeah. your children because, uh, and I, I was looking for strategies, you know, for children. So is it okay if I share that with oh, the kids? Oh, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Because, because this is, you know, I think we as, as, as adults, we're messed up because this is, and again, going back to that emotional connection of stories, things that happened to us as a childhood, within childhood, you know, so for you, for example, Karen, let's say without resentful thing, something may have happened to you when you were a young girl that caused you to feel resentful. Now, your unconscious mind, because you, you feel resentful in life, your unconscious mind grabs that memory and stores it. And then five, ten years later, something else happened to you that, oops, triggered resentful again. So that memory gets stored with the first memory of resentful. And then it keeps building and it keeps accumulating and it keeps building, which is charging resentful stronger and stronger and stronger until all of a sudden you're an adult full of resentment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the sooner we can identify when our stories or circumstances are charging an emotion and then address the emotion at that moment, that charge doesn't get an opportunity to build up long term so you you're able to manage your emotions better you're you're able to sort of stay in that state of emotional control better now the balloon strategy and all the strategies that i teach they're not long-term solutions they are designed for in the moment this is not serving me i want to gain back a sense of me what am i going to do about it i'm going to blow a balloon to find solutions so they're designed as these sort of bridge strategies to get you into a better space for in the moment stuff the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, that takes it all to a much deeper level where we actually heal the emotion at the root cause. But the reason why I created Only BS is because I recognize that for the majority of people right now, they're just looking for strategies to get them through today and tomorrow they can look at healing. But you need to believe that, you know, that, that strategies are available in order to release and, and open up for healing. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I love that, that, you know, because these are our strategies, and this one, you know, is so beautiful and simple and, and eloquent, um, that we can use that in the moment, um, and we don't necessarily have to feel like, oh, this is so complex, I don't know what to do with this. And, yeah. and I know, and I and friends and, 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 you know, coworkers or whatever, sometimes, you know, I might hear stories about, well, I'm thinking about it. Like, I, I'm not really sure what to do, yeah. but I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking, no, don't think about it. <laughs> you so know, the there's so much emotion around about it. it. Yeah. And, and so, and, and this is what, you know, my, my big picture of world peace, so to speak, is when, when you see people struggling in their story, is gently saying to them, you know, when, when you hear them saying, I'm thinking about it, you say, awesome, okay, what are you feeling while you're thinking about it? 
Mm. Because the, the reason they're thinking about it is because the emotions are actually overriding action. So if you are able to help them to identify what they're feeling, work with their emotions, let them blow a couple of balloons, then you can come back to, all right, so now what are you going to do? You, you're able to direct right. them into making a choice that aligns with their greater good because they're no longer emotionally charged by the negative. So aware, act, align. Well, it's amazing how uh, with without releasing the charge on the emotions, you really can't make the decision properly. No. I mean, the ideal decision. No. Yeah, that's really key here. Yeah, not, re- not um, really. Yeah, not really. <laughs> So, so Bree, um, share with us, um, you know, your Own Your BS program, you know, who's it for and, and what is it like, what does it entail, how long it is, and where they can find out more information. Yeah, so the, the Own Your BS program, it's a six-week online program with lifetime access. Um, and, again, the reason that lifetime access is included is because life is going to continue to happen to you. So I, I sort of see the, the journey of personal growth as like a staircase. You know, we... we when you're at, if you imagine a staircase where you've got your tread and then you've got your rise for each stair, often you get to the, the end of a tread and you, you're faced with a big challenge or you're faced with where you feel like you can't go anywhere, you're stuck. That's, the, that's that point of life where you want to step up into the next level of yourself. So that is what Only BS helps you to do. It helps you to recognise why you're stuck you the solutions that are already within you no one else has the solutions for you it's just about untapping them within you by removing the blocks which is the the rise and then helping you to step up now once you've stepped up to the next level of you you're going to cruise along that step for a little while before the next challenge shows up and then all of a sudden something else is going to come and block you in your way so by having lifetime access to a program like only bs it means every time you get stuck you can go back revisit and step back up again um so lifetime access is there. It's ultimately written for um, mums or ambitious women who are sick to death of their stories, who recognise that they're going around and around in Groundhog Day trying to do the same thing but not getting results. <laughs> oh, I love I love what you just said about the Groundhog Day. <laughs> I just had that visual. Oh, that's fantastic. So if we go to um, so ownyourbs.com, is that the best place for people yep. to find this particular program? That's the best place. Yeah, so ownbs.com oh, is the home for the entire brand. So on the um, the homepage, you know, there's a freebie called Why You Yelling Mummy that you can download. It's, um, and, you know, obviously it's from my perspective of being that crazy psycho mama, but even if you're not a mama and you recognise that you go out of control in certain areas of your life, that downloadable free book is going to help you to sort of work through some strategies, um, different strategies to balloon as well. So there's some other tools in there that you can access and, and sort of utilise. Um, there's also all of the informa- um, all the information about the program. So when you register for the program, there's three monthly, uh, there's three payment options as well because, again, I know dealing with the fact that we are dealing with head talk, when people look at investing in themselves in this kind of capacity, one of the first obstacles that comes up is, well, I can't afford it or it's selfish for me to take that money out of the family budget or, um, you know, I could be spending the money on something else, you know, like my kids or my husband or the bills or whatever it is. So there's three options for payment. You can pay it off over six months, three months, or you can pay it up front. Um, And as soon as you register, you get immediate access to it. 
and then yeah, you just work through the modules. There's a private Facebook group that you can join and then you get access to me. So if you've got questions, you can um, jump on board and, and ask me the questions that come up from that platform and you've got access to that for life as well. So um, that's... Oh, that's great. I truly believe and that's a great bridge program. It's a stepping stone for a lot of people to get them out of their shitty space and into a space where they're feeling like they've got more control. And then what about if they want to work with you one-on-one? What should they do about that? Yeah, so if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, um, there is a link on my ca- on my website, um, either website, onlybeaforbriefsedman.com, where you can book in for a call with me. Because of the nature of my one-on-one programs, I only work with women who are 110% ready to release all of their crap, who are done with, you know, the hanging on, recognise that it's not serving them. They recognise that it's, you know, um, an issue that's not only playing out in their life, but it's also maybe playing out on in their kids' lives. It's impacting other people negatively. Um, so the the one-on-one program, it's an application-based program. And I because it's backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. So when I choose to work with someone one-on-one, it's because I truly believe that I can help them. Otherwise, they, they get their money back. Oh, Okay. Wow. So they have to apply yeah. then. Right. And they do they apply. give yeah. do a, a little talk with like a short talk with you first just to see if they're a fit? Is that how it works? Yeah. Before they yep. do so more you're programs. Yeah, time we have a conversation. Yeah. Yep. Um so if 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 they just want some strategies and some tools to sort of empower themselves to get out of their own way with things like the balloon and they want to process through their head talk or maybe they're just looking for a more affordable option then only the yes, you can just register for straight away and have immediate access. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, maybe you book in a call and we have a chat to work out whether or not we're a good fit. Because as you know, um, in that sort of role where you're helping someone transform their life, there needs to be this reciprocated level of trust between both parties. And it's not going to work if you don't gel with me and and if I don't don't gel with you. It sort of has to be that, that beautiful... I was going to say conjoinment because my 2 a.m. head is only coming up with that word. <laughs> yeah. no, no, I love that. And, and I love what you said about, uh, you know, reciprocated level of trust. I'm writing that down, actually. I may use that <laughs> to help me explain, <laughs> you know, things. So I love that. Yeah, thank you. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, You're so welcome. Brie, so let me just go ahead and just uh, share your website again, Brie. So it's uh, com. B-R-E-E-S-T-E-D-M-A-N, all one word, .com. And uh, the, the six-week program is ownyourbs.com. So, Brie, this has been fantastic. Thank you for the mentoring and coaching. <laughs> I loved it. And thank You're you for sharing welcome. your strategies. Thank you for playing. Oh, yay. I oh, love that. And thanks, everyone. Uh, for listening in as well. So check out Bree's work and it resonates with you. Um, maybe apply for a, you know, a, um, the breakthrough session with her or maybe check out her um, online programs if what you've heard today resonates with you. Again, thanks everyone for listening in. Thank you, Bree. Thanks everyone. Bye for now. Thank you.